it's, he was going to hold back others so he could advance. And that's sort of what happened in his life, in the beginning of his life. And we see that as we journey through his life, his father Isaac gets very old and tradition is that they speak blessing over their sons and Esau was the firstborn. But Jacob um, dresses up and deceives his father goes before him and asks for the firstborn blessing because Isaac is calling his son Isaac to come, Esau to come. So he pretends and he gets away with it. He gets away with it and his father blesses him and it's a spectacular blessing, talks about being master over the family and abundant provision of grain and wine and protection from his enemies. And this is... Um, Jacob there and then when Esau finds out because Esau comes in he knows he's been called and Esau comes in and he is angry and he cries he weeps for the firstborn blessing and he says this is what he says is he not rightly named Jacob for he has taken me taken from me these two times my birthright and now he has taken away my blessing so Esau was upset and he decides in his heart that when his father passes on, that he's going to kill Jacob. So we have a family. This is the beginning of the nation of Israel. And we have family trouble. So you've got to understand, whatever is going on in your family, God has seen it all before. He's seen it all. And let's follow Jacob and see, because God has an interest in this young man. Jacob now leaves because he knows his brother wants to kill him. So he goes on a journey, he leaves, and he has a dream. We're in Genesis 28, he has a dream. And he dreams, so the Lord doesn't write him off. And, and that's something that um, I probably would have done. You know, having gone that far, I would have said, I can't work with this, can't, can't work with you. God's not like that. He gives him a dream. In verse 12, he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and the top reached to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending, ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I've done what I've spoken to you. And Jacob was afraid. The fear of God hit him. Jacob was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. And he called that place Bethel, meaning God's house. So Jacob's done this. He's lied, he's cheated his brother. He's running because his brother wants to kill him. And God meets him and says to him, I am the God who will give you all of this all of this and Jacob's response is this is what he says if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I can come back to my father's house in peace then the Lord then the Lord will be my God so Jacob responds to this generosity of the Abraham blessing and says if you perform God if you perform then you shall be my God. So Jacob has no understanding of the depth that God wants to bring him on. He's still very surface level. And we watch that in the next 20 years, they pass and 
Jacob becomes a very wealthy man, but he does it very hard. He has Laban, his father-in-law. He, he cheats on him. So he starts to get back what he has sown. And it comes to a point where he has family there and he wants to go home. He wants to go back, back home. So he has a second encounter with God. Now God's been tracking him all this time. So if you have family out there that have left God, you've got to know God's hand is on them. You can't see it with your eyes, your natural eyes, but God's hand is on them. Jacob is proof of it. So he's on his way back with his family and he has a second encounter. And this one I love. Esau hears of his return and he's on his way to meet him with 400 men. So Esau is uh, looking for revenge. You don't come with 400 men on horses after your brother knowing that he's coming back. That's 20 years. And so Jacob now has another plan. This is the way Jacob works. He has plans. He tries to work things out. He doesn't go to God. He has a plan to appease his brother. He sends gifts ahead of him. He's sending cattle, sheep, servants. And then finally, the last thing he has is his family. And they're at a stream called Jabbok. And that means pouring out. So everything he had gained in the last 20 years... Jacob is now pouring out in one day. One day Esau gets the lot. 20 years in one day. So we see God is in this. He's orchestrated this. He's now got Jacob to himself. It says in Genesis 32:24, then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. So we now have a man wrestling with him. And I believe that that was the Lord. I believe the Lord was wrestling with Jacob. He was wrestling him and he goes all night through the breaking of day. And we know he's stronger than him because he touches his hip, his socket, and it becomes dislocated. So now his strength, that's a sign, the hip, the thigh is a sign of strength. And now his strength is poured out. Everything of Jacob has been poured out. And this is God's design. He's after something. Jacob keeps fighting. He's so stubborn. And he says, I won't let you go until you bless me. I won't let you go. And he's after protection from Esau. That's the last thing. Then the Lord says to him, what is your name? In the middle of this fight, the Lord asks this weirdest question. What is your name? And what he's asking is, who are you? Who have you become? And Jacob, I'll give him credit for this, he responds with, I am Jacob. And what he was saying was, I am that heel grabber. I am that deceiver. I am the one who schemes. That's who I am. And it was like he just owned who he was, the old nature of, that had just dominated his life. And it was his true condition and that's really all God was after. He was after his heart, an honest heart. And how did, he, how did he respond to him? In such kindness. In such kindness. Honesty will always bring the Lord close. And when you own stuff and you say, yes, I am proud. Yes, I struggle with fear. Yes, Lord, I don't trust you. When you start to do that, God comes very near. And he gets moved by honesty. 
And what does he do? He changes his name. In um, Jewish tradition, a change of name means a change of nature. And he was changing this heel grabber, the one who deceived, the one who was willing to take his brother's birthright and lie to his father. He owned that. He repented, really, to the Lord. And what happened was he was given a new name and he was given the name of Israel, changed, Israel. There was no nation at that time. So Israel now is his new name. And Jacob called that place uh, Peniel. He changed the name and that was meaning the face of God. And the scripture is very clear that he wrestled with God and he came through um, face to face with God. So Jacob builds an altar to remember the event and he names it El Elohi Israel. That's as good as my Hebrew is going to get. And that means the God of Israel. He is my God. So Jacob was saying, this God, I'm not going to put him on performance. He's going to be my God because he knows me. He knows everything about me and he loves me and he changes me. And at that point, he was forever in the scriptures. David, you can read through the Psalms, talks about the God of Jacob. The scriptures are abundant with the God of Jacob. And, and until that time, we don't hear that. So he would forever be known as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. But it was at the place where he met him face to face that God changed his nature. And that's really where I believe we are at this point in time. I believe God has sent out an invitation to each of us, no matter the mess you're in, no matter the things you've done. You may have just been tracking with God well, but God is saying, I want to draw you close in this season. I want to change the things you've struggled with, whether it be fear or unbelief or doubt. I want to change those things and I want to give you a new name, a new nature, the new creature on the inside of you. And that's really what Jesus wrestled with in Gethsemane. It was not my will, but yours be done. And that's really what we're doing. We're saying, not my will, not my way. I can't work this out. But your way be done, Lord. And as you do that, the struggle, the wrestle will bring forth in you such, um, such a change in nature. And that who God has meant you to be from the time you were born will come forth in such strength. And there will be a change that will happen as we heard from the dream um, that the church is rising. It's going into the fires and these are the fires that we're in, the struggle, the wrestle, to make the choice. Is he going to be your God? Is he going to be your God as Jacob chose? And I would say to you, to, to make that decision because it's, it's one that will bring everything you've dreamed it will bring a confidence into your life it will bring that sonship it will bring a daughter of God into your life that can never be shaken it will bring to you a God who you can talk to face to face who knows you and who loves you with a love that will it will never run dry and that there's a promise Psalm 91 has come up so much this morning there's a promise in Psalm 91, and it's the end of it. It's 14 to 16. And I want to say to you today, 
that as you put your hand afresh in God and say, yes, you are my God, there are no conditions. There's no performance I demand of you. I know that you are my God because Jesus died for me. His love is sure. That death brought life. And so as you put your hand in God's hand, I declare to you Psalm 91, 14, because you have set your love upon the Lord, and that's what he's after, set your love upon him and he will meet you. Because you have set your love upon the Lord, therefore I declare to you today, he will deliver you. I declare to you today, he will set you on high because you have known his name. I declare to you that you shall call upon the Lord and he will answer you. He will be with you in trouble. He will deliver you. He will honour you. And with a full life, he will satisfy you. And the fullness that Jesus won on that cross, I believe, is coming forth in these days. And you will see it. You will live it. And it will come forth. And you will be such a blessing to your generational line. And when I look at Jacob, I know that Joseph was one that went across that river in Jabbok where everything was being poured out and Joseph was looking and Joseph was a part of this and I believe that as Jacob held to his God when Joseph was uh, sold as a slave and his brothers um, put him down that well and, and Jacob thought he was lost, he was dead, he held on to his God and I believe that that went over his life, Joseph's life as he struggled, his father hanging on to his God brought him through. And he saw him at the end of his life. But I believe that that is what we are struggling with. We are struggling with our own life to meet God face to face in a way that Jacob did. We are struggling to put right our generational lines that great blessing will come and they will come and they will keep running and that they will overtake every decision, every person in your line that you think, why did they have to be in my line? And you know, there's going to be an overtaking of the blessing that is going to overrun what has been. So it's a short, sweet message this morning. That's all I got, Tim. I'll leave it with you now. <laughs> you can do with that what you will. <laughs>